0: welcome to the wombology podcast this is a sacred space to honor your cyclical nature reconnect with your innate body wisdom and sovereignty and transform your health i'm dana Drehos, and thank you so much for being here welcome back to the wombology podcast today i'm here with Mora of Call Me a Witch. You might have seen her around on Instagram. Mora is a sister, daughter, healing holder, and medicine maker. Mora weaves her study of witchcraft, neo tantra, and Taoism together to walk with people through the medicine of their lives. She co-facilitates with Kidist Ashe in the womb room, which is a life-altering container dedicated to female sovereignty and yin reverence. She supports women and men in her community with their reproductive health, spiritual health, and energetic agility. Maura's deepest prayer is that her work honor her teachers, her loved ones, her guides, and the great Tao. Yay! Welcome, welcome, Mora. Thank you. It is so
1: lovely to be speaking with you. So lovely. Yay!
0: I'm really excited to have you here because I have been loving your what you call like practice in the womb room, this piece of the container that is within the womb room where Mm -hmm. we practice self-touch in like a meditative way and Mm -hmm. getting in touch with our uterus, our pelvic area. And when I first started doing it, Okay, wait. First of all, just like the personality that you bring to it, like you you crack me up. Like I feel like I've Thank never you. I've never had so much fun like doing spiritual work, you know? Like a lot of times yes. it feels like it has to be so serious and like I'm healing and like I'm doing the work. Right. But you come in and you're playing this like fun music and we're <laughs> laughing and I love it. Um, but even beyond that, just the actual benefits of it for me, where the first couple of times I really, really wasn't feeling anything. Like I would Mm -hmm. touch certain areas and not that I was even numb. It just, I'm like, I don't know what I'm feeling for. Like, I don't know. Like Mm -hmm. I can't tell the difference. And then some girls on the call would have these like huge breakthroughs. And Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I don't know, like, I just I'm here. I like it, but you know. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then lately I've been feeling so much like tension in my pelvic mm. area. I'm like, yeah, my pelvic floor is definitely really tight and I've even been having these like s- like muscle spasms in my mm-hmm. uterus area. Yeah, yeah. So just like being aware of that now is like okay now i have to do something about that and and tend to that so i'm excited to explore that deeper but i feel like before when i wasn't really giving that area any attention and there was no awareness there probably mm-hmm. the tension was there but i just you know wasn't aware of it i wasn't noticing it yes
1: yes so. we'll just like we'll just like really power through anything you know mm-hmm. right like you just like Oh, you have to go to swim practice, but like you have terrible cramps. You just like pop yeah. some Motrin, get, mm-hmm. pop some Aleve, get after it. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll make anything work, unfortunately for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: true. It's also fascinating to watch like the unwindings of like when you go from like, well, there isn't much here <laughs> to like the first time you're like, there's. <laughs> This here, (laughs) you know, (laughs) yeah. Oh, we all used to be like, Oh, there's nothing here. And then we were like, Oh my God, what an emergency.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, nope, I'm fine. I don't know what's wrong with all you guys. You guys have all these problems. I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I love doing that. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. So, what season of your cycle are you in currently and how is that influencing how you are choosing to exist in the world today?
1: I am at the tail end of my blood, right? At the right at the end. And it's closing out a lot of like energetic work that I did during my blood. So the feeling is a little bit like waiting with my like holding my breath a little for the blood to be done before I like hip into the next thing and the next thing is not just like this next cycle it's like energetically or magically speaking the rest of my life it's closing like a really big cycle (laughs) Mm. so I have like a little cup of blood water and I filled the cup the rest of the way with raw milk and like like some leaves that have significance that are too long to go into now so I'm mostly like waiting for the right moment to tip that cup over and pour it back into the earth and like plant the next that's that's where I'm at it's actually kind of a big moment you caught me in (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's not normally this big, but this month it's this big. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad I caught you at this yeah. time. Oh, I love that. I also joined with Clarissa, I think her name yes. is. Yeah, Clarissa. Room, and we did a new moon like blood offering. I feel like my whole podcast is a big advertisement for the womb room because <laughs> I literally bring it up in every single episode and people are probably like I get it, Dana. Like, are you being are you being paid? I, I promise, guys, I'm not being paid to promote this. No, but. we are honored by that. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's just that we've
0: got like badasses in there. Yes. Yes. It's just a great space to be in. But yes, I also did a blood water offering. And yeah, that was really nice. Beautiful. Okay. So I'm o- always just so fascinated to hear – the stories of how people got into the work that they're doing. And especially with yeah. you, it's not every day you meet someone who weaves together witchcraft and neo-tantra and Taoism. And like, how does that? How does one even come across <laughs> yeah. or get exposed to those things? Like was young yeah. child Mora always interested in witchcraft or did Mora the witch, like how did Mora the witch of Call Me a Witch come to be?
1: <laughs> yes, that is a wonderful and a useful question. Thank you for asking. <laughs> sometimes I'm a Pisces sun, so sometimes like I can get to places in my life and I'll be like, well, <laughs> I don't remember anything before this, you know. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. thank you. <laughs> it's a good question. Um so the like big beginning began at the right at the top of my Saturn return, which was spring of 2020. And my ex-husband and I had just like bought a house and we were like thinking about getting pregnant and et cetera, et cetera. And I was a high school English teacher and I had kind of like plotted out like a nice little life, you know, Mm -hmm. and then he left. So our marriage crumbled, sold the house and I was like back in my parents' house Basically, and the only thing that got me through it was, um, yoni steaming and listening to the Dao De Ching on repeat <laughs> on audiobook every night.
0: How um, did you like even find those yeah, two things? <laughs> yeah,
1: good question. I will say, yeah, like it. It's not necessarily true that I was just like living a normal little life up until twenty twenty. That's mm-hmm. really not totally accurate. Um, I grew up like my mom is irish and my dad is jewish and um on my mom's side i have many aunts there's like it's like a very big family and and one beloved uncle and like the story uh from that side of the family is like you would call it like you've been like touched by the fae or like you we talk about it in like euphemism you know like you know who's calling before they call that kind of a thing.
0: Mm.
1: And like, I always knew that that was like my mom and her sisters. I have two sisters and we were always like that. So we were always like talking in our minds pretty much to each Mm -hmm. other. And it laid pretty dormant for most of my life. Like the real intuitive capacity laid dormant probably until I was I went on the pill for like eight months when I was 18 and it like wrecked me. I like didn't mm-hmm. sleep for six months. Wow. And then I got off of the pill and I like kind of re reawakened. And after that, it started to be clear to me that like not everyone could like catch the thoughts of someone down the hall, like in the dorm room. Mm-hmm. And as I like went on a healing journey that started with food and like misdiagnosed celiac disease, mm-hmm. autoimmune, like everyone now, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as I went on that journey, I like that capacity got stronger. And my, so my mother is Irish Catholic and my dad is Jewish, but, um, spiritually speaking they're they tend to be much more Buddhist and Taoist. They meditate. My dad is like a black belt. My mom is a meditator also. And so I remember I I think I was maybe in my early 20s or maybe younger than that. I mentioned to my dad, I said something like the truth is I think I can hear like I can hear people's thoughts. I can like catch people's feelings. And I'm starting to realize that not everyone is like that, <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And my dad, uh, to his credit, did something that I think, in in retrospect, I can appreciate. But at the time, I was like, oh! <laughs> he was like, you have to be really careful with that. Mm-hmm. He was like, be careful, because like, you you want to tend to that carefully was what he was saying. He had been studying with like a Taoist master, and he was like. Basically, he said the person I would go to talk to about this is this Taoist master, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Great, sign me up." Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I like we grew up with like Buddhist and Taoist influence, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't until in my early twenties I sat across um, the table from this Taoist master in this beautiful church in Evanston and I was like describing my life and he, and I was like, so am I going to die? Like, so am I sick? (laughs) You know? And like, I knew that it was like fine sort of because like my mom and her sisters have it all to some degree, but it was getting stronger. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do about this? And he said, yes, this is fine. Like, and yes, it normally passes through he said it like genetically <laughs> like yeah mm-hmm. it passes down lineage and I was like okay like can I turn it off and he was like yes if you watch a lot of tv and eat a lot of junk food you <laughs> put it he was basically like you can put your power into remission wow and I said oh I'm I'm not going to do that yeah and he was like then this is your then this is your path and I was like oh, okay. (laughs) Okay then. And throughout my twenties, I self-taught and then studied more formally like Western herbalism Mm -hmm. as a part of like my healing journey. And by the, I got to 27, my sister and I went to the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference. And I, my deepest fear at the time was getting a tick bite and having Lyme disease. And all those years ago in front of my dad, the Taoist master, he gave me an out, you know, he was like, you can, you can dip out of your destiny if you want, you know, just like stay numb. And I said to him and me and the universe, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to stay numb. And so then a few years later, the universe was like, okay, we got to get this girl ready for her Saturn return. <laughs> you know, we got to get her ready for her destiny, apparently. <laughs> and so we went to the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference and I got a tick bite right in my groin, like up, like right by my pubic bone on the left side. It was the one of the scariest things that's ever, ever happened to me, like an embedded tick.
0: Oh my gosh
1: way, way high, too close for comfort. And it happened while I was sitting next to, I don't know if you are into herbs, but I was sitting next to and at a lecture being done by Susan Weed. Mm -hmm. And like I answered a question she asked the group correctly. Mm -hmm. And she turned to me and put her hand on my knee and looked at me. And my sister was sitting right next to me. And I was like, oh my God, something (laughs) is happening. Afterwards, we like hugged. And cried in her hair for a second, which like I like is kind of unheard of for Susan Weed. Actually, that's like not a very common experience. And I was like, okay, so something, as I say, something is occurring, you know, like something is happening right now. And then a few hours later, I like went to the bathroom and I was like, oh my God, I have a tick bite, I'm gonna die. And that was the beginning of my spiritual awakening because we went to the medic, the herbal medic tent at like midnight. And I was like, I'm like panicking. Also, everyone else at the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference is like chill. They're like herbalists. Do you know yeah. what I mean? They're like, this isn't a problem. But I'm like, I'm going to die. So I are go. You, did you
0: like grow up in a city or why was there?
1: Wait, so- yeah, yeah. I mean, I grew up in like a suburb of Chicago. Like I grew okay. up like, like in like a, like can't emphasize this enough. Okay, I should say my parents are like not actually super normal. Actually, they're like, (laughs) we didn't get to watch a lot of TV. You know what I mean? And they like meditated. But in general, like, I got like really good grades and went to like Oberlin College. And like, I grew up where like meet the movie Mean Girls. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. I grew up where that movie was like written based off of. Oh, my God. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not like some tick farm girl. I'm like, (laughs) what the hell is happening? I'm like, I'm going to die. And so we go to the medic tent and this... Um, I call her the pink haired witch. She, I like go to her. I'm like, I have a tick bite. And she's like, cool. And I'm like, okay, but can you help? Like, I'm freaking out. She helps take it, take the tick out of me. And I watch her. This is a spiritual awakening. I watch her take this tick. It's still alive. She takes the tick. She pulled it out with her fingers. Okay. (laughs) She's like, this is not, I'm from Minnesota. It's not a problem. She takes out with her fingers. She takes the tick that's alive, walks to the corner of the tent, and puts it in the grass. And me and Ellie, my sister, looked at her, and I said, and we looked at each other. I was like, oh, we don't, we don't kill them? And she said, no. They're just doing what the earth made them for. Why would we kill them? And I was like, oh. Uh, and then like immediately I was like tripping balls. I was like looking at the universe <laughs> and like freaking out that I was going to have Lyme disease. <laughs> and yeah. like, we stayed up late that night and cried under the stars. And I was like, she didn't kill that tick. She didn't kill that tick. We don't kill things we hate. We don't, she didn't kill that tick. <laughs> and we just like meditated on that basically. And then I was awake and I couldn't have, I I mean, I couldn't go back to sleep. And now I'm here. Oh my God. <laughs> So anyway, that's how – wait, I t- touched Taoism, touch witchcraft. Oh, Neo-Tantra. I did a lot of, like, energetic and Tantra study while I was healing from the divorce. Mm-hmm. And I'm finishing up a-, a Zen Shiatsu program, which is, like, a Japanese style of body work. And we talk a lot about energy and yin and yang. And it's just one of the – constructs that like makes the most sense to me to explain actually quote how witchcraft works Mm -hmm. so yeah that's my life story in a brief 17 minute interlude (laughs) and then yeah kidist was like hey I think you should teach in the womb room and I was like yeah I think I have to leave my job which is a classic kidist conversation Mm because everyone who talks to kiddos leaves their jobs (laughs) and now we're here thank goodness (laughs) it's been
0: quite a ride yes oh my gosh wow that was not what I was expecting at all oh my god (laughs) thank you for taking me on that journey (laughs) (laughs) like Um, I think
1: that you were thinking I was like I went to the library picked up some books
0: exactly I'm picturing yeah like like, oh you know someone gave me a book about herbs and I just like got into well, it. <laughs> no, like there were ticks. There, was... there
1: were ticks. There was a Taoist master, <laughs>
0: yeah. a pink haired witch. It sounds like a movie. Like it literally sounds like a, a freaking movie. Like, have you seen the, one of the newest Pixar movies? I think it's called like Red Panda. No, I haven't, but I've heard about it. <laughs> yeah. You should watch that. It My sounds, life is like that. sounds kind of like <laughs> you're like Perfect. I can't emphasize this enough. Also, like, from the
1: external, from what it looked like I was going to be like I was living like a normal little
0: life. Mm -hmm. You know what I
1: mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I did not grow up thinking.
0: (laughs) And that's what makes me wonder, like, how many of us out there are living this like normal life and numbing themselves. He said, like, oh, you can you can take the easy way out. You can watch TV and eat junk food and numb yourself and not be in your power and reach your destiny. How many people are doing that? Like everyone. Like everyone. Yeah. It's insane. Like what, you know, what are we missing that we could be achieving to our full capacity? Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's what they don't want you to know. Exactly. Exactly. So why do you think the the realization of oh she didn't kill the tick, like why was that such a yeah. awakening for you? What did that what did you make meaning of out of that?
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, it became kind of a thing like we don't kill ticks in this house. <laughs> <laughs> it's really that some people call it like walking the left-hand path or witchcraft or in other lineages it's called alchemy but the simple way to say it is like living awake not living numb not living pizza and TV living awake the way that that path unfolds i think requires a willingness to Be with that which we'd like to genocide.
0: And I mean, I say again.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It requires that we be with, like lovingly be with, that which we would like to genocide. Mm -hmm. And I say the word genocide on purpose because the energy of exterminate, kill, erase, we have that energy like everywhere we have it at ticks we have it at disease we have it at the parts of ourselves that we hate we have it at our parents or our like fucked up society we're like um it's the it's the energy that's underneath like the idea that the way to solve the problem is through war mm-hmm Mm. and like is to like make war on the parts of you that you hate like or make war on what's sick about you so like an easy way women especially make war is like if you have like bad periods you like become the I'm gonna eat healthily police of yourself (laughs) in the name of being better like in the name of quote something good you Mm. know what I mean But Mm -hmm. the energy that you're doing that is war or genocide or, like, I will kill the parts of me that want to eat potato chips. (laughs) And that doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) The trouble with that energetic is that that's what's actually underneath, like, real-world genocide. Bad, bad. The things that are like, sort of tragic and irreparable, all of that energy is here living in microdoses on the inside of us. Mm -hmm. And when she didn't kill the tick, it became clear to me that the energy I was running was kill all ticks. All ticks are bastards. (laughs) And it became clear to me after that that that's the same energy underneath what my people survived. It's what was, I'm like me and genocide, literally it's the Mm -hmm. same energy underneath the Holocaust or underneath the potato famine. And I, once I saw it, like it took one second of just her to look back at me and say, we don't kill like this tick. She was just doing her job. Mm -hmm. Like, why would we kill that? for me to see it and then I and then I couldn't I couldn't unsee it. And it became it's a little bit like it's like I think what a lot of people call now shadow work. Mm-hmm. I think it's like that, but maybe a little spicier in that it wrote it asks all of us. <laughs> this is well, I guess I'll just go here. It asks all of us to really get clear with ourselves about our inner Hitlers, our inner genocidists, our mm-hmm. inner thieves and like our inner dominators. Mm. And there's a lot, I've done a lot of work in the world of looking at domination and systems of oppression like externally. Mm-hmm. And in the moment with the tick it finally landed internal like Mm. oh i've been dominating too actually Mm. i've been oppressing too even if on the outside it doesn't look like that Mm -hmm. so that's what that pink haired witch taught me and (laughs) also a few years later actually like four months ago i went back wait is it this year yeah and I saw the pink haired witch again. And I was like, you changed my life. And I like told her this story. And she was like, she like was crying. She was like, oh, oh my gosh. I was like, it was you. You did this to me. <laughs> now I can't see life any other way. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. Oh my gosh. It like, was just working.
0: <laughs> so funny. So funny. Oh my yeah. gosh. This is like such a real life heroine's journey <laughs> you know it's like something. what do they call it like the person who in the heroine's hero's journey who like I don't know the wise one or whatever yeah yeah like, yeah 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I exactly mean? yes exactly so exactly. I love this so in your perspective what is the alternative to the genocide yeah
1: I think the thing, in my experience, the thing that shifts it is seeing it for what it is. So it's actually not a question of having, uh, this is such a crazy way to say this, but okay, we've, we're we in the metaphor, so we'll just finish up in the metaphor. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily like the goal is get rid of, exterminate your inner exterminator. Get rid of your inner genocidist. It's more that what's risky is operating in the energy of exterminate but thinking you're operating in love light and health. So like the work is actually more about just naming accurately what's happening. Like seeing yourself like oh Yeah, I am trying to dominate my life out of having to confront my fear of Lyme disease, right? Like, oh, I do see that oppressive dominator energy. And then in general, the thing that I experience and watch people experience is that once it's named and seen, it like softens. Mm -hmm. And then you just have space to make a different choice if a different choice suits you. Mm -hmm. You have, yeah, you have space, you have liberation to craft with purpose instead of with your unconscious reaction. And then eventually, like, it's not as though, like those parts of ourselves, like the inner exterminator, the inner dominator, the inner oppressor, those pieces, like those are like archetypal, like we're here on earth to negotiate those energies. That's like you're not getting clean of that, you know? Mm-hmm. But when you can see yourself accurately, you can play. Mm-hmm. And then and then it becomes not so serious. Mm. You're you're free and it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> instead of being like, no, seriously, if I get Lyme disease, my life will be over. Like instead <laughs> of that, which is just not very life sustaining or
0: juicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, this is actually helping me make a connection to. um, I don't know if you've heard of uh, I'm gonna promote another program that I've been in, yes. but uh, Victoria Washington. she has the program called The House of We. Um, We stands for wealth embodiment, and it's essentially like somatics and body work around money and like healing your relationship and wounds with money. Yeah. And she talks a lot about, or it's not even talking because it's like through movement that we do, but this idea that you're not trying to get rid of your scarcity mindset Mm -hmm. because- Even people who have like millions of dollars experience scarcity, like it's always going to be there. Mm -hmm. And instead of seeing it as like, I'm a bad person because I have this like feeling of scarcity within me, I have to like get rid of it, get rid of it. Mm
1: -hmm. It's like
0: invite it in and like Mm -hmm. be with scarcity and work with it. And then, yeah, there's that softening of, oh, okay, we're naming what is here. Scarcity is here. Let's move with it. Mm-hmm. And then it can transmute into something else, some other, you know, abundance energy. Yes. So, yes. Yeah.
1: It reminds me another one. Uh, a lot of my work is informed by the work of Byron Katie. Mm-hmm. And she has this amazing quote where she says, You don't let go of thoughts. Thoughts, let go of you, like when you see what's happening clearly. Then, the thought or the belief or the contortion that isn't serving you, it will leave once once you've gotten the medicine that you need from it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice
0: how the universe is built that way. <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. nice. We're here to learn. Yeah, I love that. So, something that. Uh, you brought up before about Saturn return, and I know we wanted to get into this today. So let's let's first kind of define what that even is, maybe for people who haven't heard of that concept. How would you explain what is Saturn return? Yes,
1: <clears throat> yeah, I'm also like couldn't be more of an amateur <laughs> astrologer, like yeah. oh. <laughs> but. A Saturn return is when Saturn returns to the place that it was in the sky when you were born. Mm -hmm. And we have like planets return to the natal placements that they were in when you were born Mm -hmm. all the time. And all the planets do it. Mm -hmm. The thing that is spicy about your Saturn return (laughs) Mm -hmm. is that the planet Saturn will return to your natal placement around every 29 and a half ish years. Mm -hmm. And because of how the energy of Saturn interacts with human beings, that process has to do with things like, I call it like your spiritual initiation into adulthood, like spiritually adult Mm. behavior. And it's usually related to like a quarter life crisis or when people finally like break out of the expectations of their family or society. Usually there's divorce or a breakup or a change of job or buying a new house or moving to a new country. Like normally the move you make at some point between when you're 28 and Mm 31-ish is like sets the stage, sets the tone for the next 30-ish years. And in my experience, I think now I'm about to say something that's more particular to my Saturn return given my birth chart. Mm -hmm. So this thing might not be true of all Saturn returns, but my experience of it has been that it's been really oriented to like clearing and cleaning and seeing karma. Mm. And the purpose of it has been a little bit like, like clean it up for this next big step for this next big thing. And it they come around every like 30 ish years. So you also get a little hit in your, I can't do math, but
0: yeah, it's like late 50s. Late 50s? I think, yeah. Yeah,
1: the midlife crisis moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, and basically I think they're like so important because I think that if you go in with your eyes open and you're ready to do the work that your soul asked you to do, <laughs> then you get to walk like a spiritually initiated path. And I think without that kind of guidance or awakeness, there, like, there's ways, well, everything is fine and it's working out exactly how it's supposed to, but I do think that there's moments where you can quote miss lessons or miss karmic agreements or mm. m- like miss sort of crucial portals that get active in your Saturn return. Mm. So I'm basically like a Saturn return activist out here, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> That's my job.
0: Everyone get on your Saturn return, don't miss yeah. it. <laughs> don't miss it. Yeah. So, in everything that you were talking about earlier, in terms of you know how of the witch came to be, was that your Saturn return experience, or was there anything else that you wanted to add on to that? Uh, just well, <laughs> I say like the tick bite was like the warm
1: up, and. The like content of the actual things that happened slash are still happening because technically Saturn doesn't leave Aquarius until March. And you can trust that I'll be very excited (laughs) for when that transit occurs. More than the content, which is like an interesting story, but honestly, probably too long. It is really the energy of, of coming to know myself and being willing to see how much I didn't know myself Mm. that has been the practice Mm. and being willing I say like I made my Saturn return like a group project it was like (laughs) so intense and not everyone's is the kind of intense like um that mine was because my Venus, and my Mars are both close to my Saturn. Mm. So it's just like, oof, hot buttons everywhere. I made my Saturn Return to Group project. And what that showed me was how deeply medicine can be worked in community. And I don't mean that in a trite way where like oh, you know, you need someone to like hold your hand when shit really hurts. That, I do mean that. But I also mean like if we can be vulnerable and like be revealing of the shit we're in, like everyone gets the level up. Mm -hmm. Like we all have to do less work if all of us are doing our work, but we're doing it out loud and we're like letting ourselves be seen and received and witnessed by each other. Mm -hmm. And we like... (laughs) It's like a little bit of like a, it's like cheating a little bit. Like you get the medicine of other people's lessons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I didn't know that was how life worked. I thought (laughs) that I had to kind of win alone.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's been a big blessing. We grew up in America, so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So who was your, who was your team? Who was your group? Oh my gosh. It's been like, so my
1: family of blood, my immediate family in many ways. And in other ways, I, the best way to call the group of people is family of spirit, Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. arrived in various forms in different packages. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was A little bit less who and a little bit more how we Mm -hmm. showed up to each other.
0: And did you know like while you were in the depths of it that this is your Saturn return or is this all kind of in retrospect?
1: Yeah, good question. I, I had my first astrology reading. I also was like a skeptic. I didn't believe in astrology, which is like so funny. <laughs> of that. People hear me talk like, or I'll talk about like past lives, or, like yeah. energy and like witchcraft. Like I'm out here like, oh, I do this my whole life. No, I thought this <laughs> all was a joke. So for my 28th birthday, I got like my first astrology reading sort of as a joke because my middle sister was like, you should do it. And she like described... To me, (laughs) like what she saw in my chart, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And then like two weeks later, the very thing she, like my ex walked out of the house we had just bought. And like, I sort of never spoke to him really after that much after that. And it was like really eerily similar to what she had said in her reading. And she had said, oh, you're getting ready. Like you're going into your Saturn return. And so then I called her back after that. And I was like, hey, what was that about? Like, can you give me any more about that? Because something is occurring. Mm -hmm. Something psycho is occurring. So I knew like, really last minute, I was doing last minute studying. Mm. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's kind of how I was like, so I'm still currently in my Saturn return. Um,
1: oh, my God. We share yeah. one. Yeah. I Yay. think technically
0: uh, mine started March of this year and ends November. But then nice. they say like there's like a three year kind of buffer on either side. Yeah. Where yeah. Shit can go down. So, yeah, for me, I was living in Vietnam for three and a half years teaching English and doing various other fun things. And then when the pandemic happened, like I was very much all for staying in Vietnam. That looked like, you know, that was just going to be my, my life. Yeah. Um, but then pandemic happened and kind of like turned everything upside down. And I was like, oh, shit, I think I have to. It wasn't even I think I didn't have a choice. I had to go back to the U.S. basically, which was like I I didn't really have. You know, the community that I had built up in Vietnam, yeah. I, I finally felt like I fit in somewhere. Like I had made friends that were on the same kind of like just the same page as me and same path. And coming back to the US just felt like there was so much resistance there. And I was yeah. like, you know, this this isn't where I want to be. This isn't where my community is. Like, what am I gonna do for money? I can't afford it there, all of these kinds of things. And I was gonna have to live with family, not, not even my parents, like a, a distant aunt and uncle that, mm. you know, I hadn't even seen in five years. And, oh, this is just awkward. I'm like a guest in someone's home and they don't under- understand me and all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like when I was in Vietnam, I could have stayed, but in my gut, was like you you have to go like there's something else waiting for you like there's Mm -hmm. more there's more growth like it's time for the next level you need to level up so I went to San Diego California and then I met a man and we very quickly recognized this like soulmate connection Mm -hmm. and there were so many like kind of universal confirmation, like Mm -hmm. little, like, you know, synchronicities and all that kind of thing happening. Oh girl, I've been there. Yeah. And it was like, wow, this is wild. But the timing was really weird because I was only staying in California for a few months with this family. And then I was going to Florida to stay with the next family. And so then we did long distance for five months and then we moved in together for one month and then it didn't work out in the end even though there was like so much it's like so clear that we are soulmates meant to kind of help each other he's the same age he's also in his Saturn return so oh yes so it it felt like what you're saying it felt like this spiritual team like when you said that I was like yeah I think we are here to be each other's teammate and like help each other level up in whatever way. And like both of us grew so much from the experience. And then I actually had a call with Nicole, who's in the womb room, spiritual. Hello. Yes. Yes. She's amazing. I'm just like name dropping all day in this episode. Yeah. Literally do it. (laughs) So she's amazing as well. She is a psychic. I guess maybe is the term. I don't know exactly how she refers to herself, but yeah, it was like a uh, Mm -hmm. spiritual counseling is what Mm -hmm. the call was called. Um, And this is also something I had never done before and that I was a little skeptical about. Like I I didn't not believe in it, but I was like- Uh, like we'll we'll just see what happens, you know. Whatever. Yes.
1: Famous <laughs> <laughs> last words. We'll just see what happens.
0: Yeah. And yeah, we'll see. And it was mind blowing. Like everything yes. she was saying was so accurate. Yeah, she's fire. Yeah, and she. It's funny how you mentioned the word destiny in talking about the tick. Yes. And she had said to me, like, you fulfilled your destiny with him. Mm -hmm. And how that relationship healed a lot of like karmic cycles for me, I guess. Um, And how him and I had a past life together and just all the things. So it's really interesting being, I'm like still in the processing of it all. I mean, we only broke up like three or four weeks ago. Mm. So, and we're both Like we're still in communication, both like processing, like what just happened? Like something major just happened and major things are still happening. And then on top of like within that, all these career shifts were happening Mm. for me as well. And I think that's (laughs) really common too for people.
1: Oh, yes.
0: In their Saturn return. I mean, clearly with you, you were like doing the English (laughs) teacher thing. And then Kittis is like, quit your job and do this thing. Um, Be a
1: professional witch instead.
0: Yeah. And like, I must have gone through, I don't know, 10 different. I just kept like venting myself like every sure. five seconds in the yeah. past two years. Like I was doing this and then this and then this. And now it feels more and more clear of like the direction I'm going in. And I'm like really looking into acupuncture school. Mm-hmm. like yeah. Chinese, Chinese herbalism. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like actually excited to, I wanted to talk to you about that too, but do yeah. It. So it just, it's a wild man. It's <laughs> wild. But I'm also like, when can I get off this train? Like, is there going to be a break soon? Yes. <laughs> like how long? <laughs> like truly
1: the amount of times I've been like, okay, it's temporary, but like, can it be temporary sooner? <laughs> like,
0: yeah yeah Mm.
1: it's a different it's a different thing it's a just a different energy energy it's Mm -hmm. wild it's totally nuts i mean it's good Mm -hmm. it has to be good because like we designed it this way so Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so (sighs) for someone who might be entering their saturn return or maybe they're in it now Do you have any thoughts around like how they should be using this opportunity?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that on the one hand, it's like useful to get a little bit of information about your birth chart. But I don't necessarily recommend, like, I'm not like, oh, you have to have like a bunch of readings so that you can know what will happen before it happens. It's more like if you go in knowing the texture of the energy that you'll be mastering or, and or, if you look in your birth chart, you can also Figure out what, like, I call it the practice mat, like, where in your life you'll be, pra- you'll be like sweating <laughs> about mastering that texture of energy. That's the thing that I think is most useful, just because it can help you, like, get focused. So if you go in knowing, oh, yeah, my body is really going to be the site where I'm negotiating the energy of ease or peace or love, whatever it is, you can just, you know, like when you're browsing the library, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to be on the hunt. I'm going to be looking for teachers who speak on this. I'm going to be looking Mm -hmm. at practices that help me build this kind of energetic muscle. And, um, that can really, uh, just like, Like you have the opportunity to do a little homework beforehand, Mm -hmm. but there's also lots of it that I think we have to be blind to. I usually say we have to be blind to it in order for the timing to work out and all the pieces to fall Mm -hmm. when they're supposed to. So I'm not necessarily an advocate for like, go in and figure out like I like, there's no way that my life path could have worked had I known that I was like, and going towards a divorce, like that was not going to work. So it's less like figure out what's going to happen and more like build your toolkit and be ready with grace for yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. And how can we tie that back to the, that idea of like not going to war yeah, like being, being ready but like not going to war
1: <laughs> yes yes exactly the energy of like i have to figure out like what will happen in my saturn return so that i can like be the winner or like i can land on top or i can like that way i will avoid pain mm. all of that is the energy of like exterminate pain exterminate discomfort exterminate hardship peace just doesn't flow that way so to orient like to build your toolbox for your capacity to be graceful with what's in front of you, that's to come full circle. That's the opposite of killing the tick (laughs) is gracefully putting the tick down in the grass in the corner of the tent. Mm -hmm. That's my invitation for how people could approach their Saturn returns orienting with grace, Mm -hmm. building your toolkit so you can feel like you have grace and compassion for yourself. And what you're unwinding.
0: Beautiful. Do you have an example in your own life so people can kind of hear, like, what does that look like in real life of you giving yourself grace? Yeah.
1: So, like, a classic example would be like on the first day of my period, back when I had really challenging period cramps, I would take off of work. And there's a way to take off of work with the voice of genocide or oppressor, which is like, well, like one day, maybe you won't need this, you know, like most women can figure it out, but like, you're just too broken or you're just a victim of something that's so painful that you need something extra special. Right. So like, Mm -hmm. that's like the opposite of grace. (laughs) Eventually I got in practice of making that space for myself gracefully. Mm -hmm. It was, I didn't make up, I didn't have story about it. I didn't let my mind tell myself a story or a judgment about doing it. And in the absence of judgment or story, usually there's grace. Mm -hmm. And I got to just take the day. Those days got to be medicinal. The days off I took, like I was in a fight,
0: were not quite so medicinal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I'm trying to think for myself too, an example. But I guess I was proud of myself in the way that I handled the situation of like, because the reason with Vietnam where it was like, okay, I might have to leave or I could kind of stay if I want was that the school I was working at, they were going to cancel my contract and mm. I need, you know, I needed a visa to mm-hmm. like and a work permit to be able to live there legally. And so I did go out and apply for other jobs because I I wanted the option to say yes or no. Like, I, I didn't want to lose the fight of like, yep, Oh, yep, you yep. know, this option is taken away from me. So now I have to go home. Like mm-hmm. I, I wanted to be able to make the choice and like get an- another job offer and be able mm-hmm. to like say yes or no and be mm-hmm. in-, in power in that decision. So I was like kind of proud of myself, even though we're talking about like not going to war, but I, I, I didn't want to like lose that battle of like no Vietnam. You're not kicking me out. Like I'm choo- mm, I'm yeah, choosing yeah, yeah. to leave. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and and then even just the process of okay, practically when I when I was writing my pros and cons list of like okay, mm-hmm, pros mm-hmm. of pros of staying, pros of leaving, practically it didn't make sense to leave. Like my Mm -hmm. life was good in Vietnam. Presumably my life would have been bad in America, Mm -hmm. but I really listened to my instinct and my intuition, which was like very strongly telling me it's time to go. You're growing, you're moving on from here. And I also had a very powerful dream that actually was like the catalyst of leaving. Yes. (laughs) And Yeah, so I guess just that grace of actually trusting myself and my own intuition and kind of like, yes, good for you that you wrote all the pros and cons and you fought the battle and you like made your choice. But at the end of the day, like I really just listened to what was on my heart Mm -hmm, and followed that mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. got, you know benefits from that and got all this growth from that so
1: yes yes i feel like that is really like the opportunity in a saturn return is to make moves on your heart let your heart lead mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's,
0: <laughs> it's like the now, only way we're
1: surviving this
0: yeah like now i can i can more clearly tell when something is right for me mm-hmm Maybe because of practicing that muscle of like just following your heart, following your intuition without, not without question, but like, you know, yeah. because when I was deciding to go to Vietnam, that was like such a strong heart calling as well. And so listening to that, even though like doing it was so hard and like logistically it was a headache to, you know, move to another country, it's like Mm -hmm. not an easy thing to do. And then doing it again, it's just like, yeah,
1: now- <laughs> that's so sad and winter.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, but now I have that experience of, okay, I've listened to my gut and like good things happened and bad things happen. Like literally no matter what decision you make, there's always going to be good and bad in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, you might as well pick the one that's really on your heart and not the one that like someone else told you to yes. do.
1: Yes. Yes, that is what Saturn likes us to figure out. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced. <laughs> yes. Thank
0: you, Saturn. Thank you. Thank you, Us. Big Sky Daddy Saturn. <laughs> yeah, Big Daddy Saturn. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I feel like we made magic in this call and <laughs> yes, yes, I hope so.
1: I feel like
0: yeah, I'm really excited for people to hear. So tell everyone how people can kind of get in your world and what kind of services you offer.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, you can find me on Instagram at call me a witch with underscores in between each word. My website is callmeawitch.work and you can also reach out to me there. I offer, I do one-on-one work through call me a witch, the place to like learn best from me right now is the womb room and the place to have your healing held by me and like my team I guess is what I oh I hate that the <laughs> coven ugh, we'll get so, some unknown word me and the crew um I do two-on-one work so I do like me like kittis and I hold healing in the womb room I hold healing work with my sister and a few other folks, my brother by spirit in our practice called Blossoming Daughters. So if you're looking, especially if you're working on like healing something um, like physical, a chronic physical situation that like the doctors can't work very well, um, check out blossomingdaughters.com and you can reach out to us there for more healing holding. And yeah, that's, that's where I am right now. Please uh, reach out, touch base, let me and us know what of this convo you were enlivened
0: by. Yes. Um, let and us thank know you. about your Saturn return experience. Yes.
1: <laughs> Please. Misery <laughs> loves company. Um, and I really appreciate Dana, your invitation and holding space on this beautiful podcast. I'm honored
0: absolutely i'm so glad we had this conversation i had so much fun and i just feel so nourished yes thank you beautiful (laughs) same thank you so much for listening if you desire to continue this journey and learn more about your body i invite you to follow our instagram page at womb.ology Please help get this information to more people who menstruate by sharing this podcast on your social media and tagging us. I greatly appreciate you. Have a peaceful week.